0: your Saturday, December 16th edition of Good Morning Vale. I'm Danielle Turner. On today's show, it's all things sports. We'll get an update from Robbie Whittle and we'll take a look at our Mountain Perspective episode on women in athletics. So sit tight. Good Morning Vale starts right now.
1: Things to-
2: Lionshead Jewelers Fossil and Mineral Gallery, located in the heart of Lionshead Village for over a decade, our 4,000 square foot gallery boasts a one-of-a-kind experience that cannot be found anywhere else in Vale. We carry the most exquisite array of fine jewelry, high-end minerals, and museum-quality fossils. We invite you to come in and explore all the history and beauty that nature has to offer.
3: Hi, it's Julio from TV8Vail. Do you ever wonder why our tagline is there's more for you on 92? Because we're always bringing you more. More Good Morning Vale from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. all year long. More local coverage with Vail Vibes and Covered Bridge on TV8. More opportunities to participate with new roundtable panels on Mountain Perspectives and our new Spanish programming blog coming this fall. Find us on Comcast Xfinity Channel 92 on YouTube or our website at TV8Vail.com.
4: say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to my family in Florida, in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. I miss you guys and wish you were here. Love you. All right. Merry Christmas, Thomas and Annie. We can't wait to spend Christmas with you. Love you guys. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays from Vale Health. Les deseamos una feliz navidad y un prospero año nuevo.
1: Have a happy, healthy holiday season.
0: Welcome back to Good Morning Vale. We love our local sports here in this community. And Robbie Whittle does an excellent job of covering it for us. Let's see what he's got in store for us this weekend. All
5: right. Thanks for joining us. So on Thursday, we got the nod from Vale Resorts that the back bowls are now open at Vale Mountain. So you guys got to go check them out. Vail Mountain opened its original Back Bowls, Sundown Bowl and Sun Up Bowl. Known for their vast and inspiring terrain, the first of Vail Mountain's seven legendary Back Bowls whisk guests into an unparalleled natural environment. Legendary for a reason. Vail Mountain's seven legendary Back Bowls have been exciting for guests for more than 60 years. Sun Up Express and High Noon Express are also now open. Early season conditions with marked and unmarked obstacle exits. Staying on the snow, we got some interesting news out of Keystone as the world's largest mountaintop snow fort has recently opened up for the public. Located at the top of the River Run Gondola at an elevation of over 11,600 feet, this year's fort is even bigger than the previous made last year at Keystone. The fort reaches a height of 35 feet. And covers a quarter acre. The fort took two weeks of round-the-clock work to complete the build, which features an ice cave, slides, tunnels, and ice sculptures that are apparently larger than life, so you may want to check those out. The public is allowed to use the fort every day during operating hours by taking the gondola to the Durkham Summit, and visitors will need an Epic Pass, Keystone Lift Ticket, or a Scenic Gondola Foot Passenger Ticket for access. The fort will be open as long as snow conditions allow it. And last year they were saying around April is the time that that wrapped up. So if you want to check it out, just make sure you go before April. Sitting at 2-3 and three on the season, Vail Christian boys basketball was looking to break even Friday night as they hosted Meeker on the hardwood. After falling on Tuesday to Buena Vista, Vale Christian Boys Basketball was looking to bounce back with a win at home over Meeker. Jace Mobley gets the rebound for the Cowboys and takes it the other way. He'll stop on the arc and knock down the three ball for Meeker. Cowboys off to a 29-4 lead in the second quarter over the Saints. Later on, it's the Cowboys moving the ball around and they'll get it inside the paint to Jonathan Fitzgibbons, who's going to knock it down off the glass. Meeker came to play today. Bale Christian trying to get going, but Jack Pryor will have his shot blocked, and it's taken the other way. Ethan Quinn will go coast to coast and score off the glass for the Cowboys to extend their lead. At the other end, Bale Christian will try their luck again, this time Pryor plays with more strength in the paint, puts it up off the glass, And that drops in for the Saints. Vail Christian trying everything they can to get back into this game, but it won't be enough as Meeker hands the Saints their fourth loss of the season. And staying with the Saints, Vail Christian girls basketball has a new head coach, and the team's really excited. Fresh out of Baylor University, the Texan Savannah Webster, is already making an impact on the Saints girls' basketball team.
1: She's really on top of it and stays on our team, makes sure we're all on it and on time and punctual.
5: Webster teaches mathematics at Vail Christian, but her passion revolves around the rock. This is her first head coaching job, and she's taking a unique approach.
6: She just makes it feel like almost a family, like she's just like our sister, basically. It's not more of like, I'm better than you because I'm your coach kind of dynamic. It's more of just, we're all just great friends, and she makes it fun. She makes us work, but she makes it fun, and yet we're still a disciplined team.
5: To these girls, Coach Webster is already one of them. She explains fitting into their culture is her intention as the new leader of the Saints program.
1: I want them to love the sport, and I want them to have fun, and I want to be on their team. And so getting to be with them and let them know I'm not going to ever make them do something that I wouldn't do. I want them to love the sport. I want them to want to come back. I want them to be excited about practicing games. And so that's kind of a goal that I had going in. So
5: Webster believes winning games will come this season as the camaraderie on her team continues to grow. Now... CU football as a whole may have not performed the way we wanted them to finish the season as they lost their last six games straight. However, a lot of players on that team made some noise, and one in particular really stood out. Colorado's sophomore wide receiver and cornerback Travis Hunter was named the recipient of the 2023 Paul Hornham Award, which was announced by the Louisville Sports Commission Wednesday. Hunter has been deemed one of the most dynamic players of the modern era as he successfully played both sides of the ball at the FBS level in a Power 5 conference, which I definitely was shocked to see while watching him play this season, but he's impressive. Hunter did miss three games this season due to the injury he sustained against Colorado State in Week 3 at Folsom Field, but he still played the most snaps of any regular season college football player in the FBS. Hunter is the first player in the last 25 seasons with 50-plus receptions and three or more interceptions. The only comparable season to Hunter's comes from Georgia's champ Bailey back in 1998 when he had 47 receptions for 744 yards and five touchdowns offensively, along with three interceptions on defense. It was a blast watching Hunter play this year at Folsom Field. and I assume he'll only get better and even more involved in the game when next season rolls around. So stay tuned for that. Some other players received honors from around the Centennial State as Trey Taylor of Air Force, the defensive back, took home the 2023 Jim Thorpe Award, which is given to the best defensive back in all of college football. Taylor is the first ever Thorpe Award recipient from Air Force and only the second Falcon to win a major college football award. Taylor led overall ballots as a 47% first place vote favorite with an average rank winning by only .12 to the runner up in the nationwide voting. A first-team All-Mountain West selection at safety. Taylor contributed 71 tackles, three interceptions, four passes broken up, and a first career touchdown. He recorded tackles for loss in four games this season for the Falcons, making this his best season yet at Air Force. Taylor posted a pro football focus grade of 82.6 and was credited with allowing just 18 receptions on 31 targets for an average of 10.1 yards per reception. He proved to be a leader for the Falcons this season by also being honored with this year's Defender of the Nation Award, which is given to a college football player from one of the nation's service academies based on exceptional leadership qualities on and off the field. Air Force would go on to have an 8-4 season. The Falcons lost their last four games straight, which took them out of contention for a Mountain West Conference title, but good enough to earn them a postseason game. They'll match up with 24-ranked James Madison, who's coming off a great regular season in just their second year in the FBS since moving up from the football championship subdivision just a season ago. The two will be matching up in the Arms Forces Bowl, and kickoff between Air Force and JMU is slated for December 23rd at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. While the football season may have ended for CU, Northern Colorado, and Colorado State, other teams are gearing up for the postseason or are already in the postseason. Over in Golden, Colorado School of Mines remains undefeated on the year at 14-0 on the season, and the ore diggers have just earned a trip to the D2 National Championship for the second consecutive season. The number one team in the country, Mines, will match up against number three overall Harding at McKinney Stadium in McKinney, Texas. Mine's 14 wins, best last year's team, who went 13-3 and for the most wins in program history. So they just set a new program record for wins at 14. Pretty big deal there. But Harding is also undefeated this year, making this matchup between the two schools all the more interesting for a title game. That kickoff is going to come at 11 a.m. our time. With a win over the Chargers Sunday night, the Broncos are back in that playoff conversation. Denver throttled Los Angeles on Sunday, beating the Chargers 24-7 on the road in L.A., and with the win, the Broncos moved to 7-6 on the season, which only puts them one game out from holding the top spot in the AFC West. With the Chiefs losing yesterday to the Bills in a controversial fashion, this kind of helps the Broncos out because they just need to keep winning if they hope to pass the Chiefs for the division top spot, and they're only one game out from taking that spot from the Chiefs. So we need the Chiefs to lose and the Broncos to keep winning. Denver will match up with the Lions this Saturday, who are sitting at 9-4 and four on the year. So this may be a tough one for the Broncos. Leave it to the Broncos to, you know, have their fans give up on them early in the season and then turn around and get everyone excited again. If they just keep winning games, we may see them take home that AFC West division title and sneak into the playoffs. They're only one game behind the Chiefs right now. We'll see if they can catch up. But uh, make sure to continue coming back to us for all the latest sports coverage here in the Valley and beyond. We'll see you next time.
1: Good morning, Vale.
7: Eyepieces of Vale has been a fixture in the Vale community for over 30 years. From designer frames and sunglasses to high-performance sports frames, prescription goggles, and in-demand accessories like helmets, goggle lenses, and foldable reading glasses, our inventory raises the optical bar. Visit one of our seven locations today and see why generations of loyal customers return time after time for our unmatched service and inventory. is the art of vision.
2: Thank you for watching Good Morning Vale. Have an amazing day. Get on out there. Soak up that sunshine. We'll see you tomorrow right here for more Good Morning Vale. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Gretchen Blesha. You might recognize me from the glitz and glam with Gretchen. Maybe you hear my voice on the radio from time to time or see me out at a concert or two. I love concerts. If you see me out, the long mermaid hair, I'm almost six foot tall. It's hard to miss. Come and say hi. Give me a high five. And make sure to watch me right here on TV8.
8: My name is Tyler Alvarez. Uh, I work here at Sweet Basil in Vale. I'm a bartender here. I originally came to Vail to snowboard. I slept on my sister and my cousin's couch for what was supposed to be a week, turned into two months, and then I found my own spot, and then kinda made friends and worked different places in the valley and kinda just fell in love with it more and more every single day, and ended up finding my way to Sweet Basil through some friends who worked here and all the great things that I heard about it. And yeah, I've been here for four years now. It's hard to wake up in Vail and and be upset when you look outside. It's just beautiful. My favorite part about working at Sweet Basil is definitely that I could be proud about everything that we're putting out, whether it's food, drinks. We also get to be really creative here. Uh, The bartenders, the, the whole team here, we we workshop our menus every season, so we'll start with a spirit or an ingredient, and then we get to be really creative and, and make a whole project of it. And then when we get the final product, it's, it's a drink that we're all really proud of for the whole menu. And that's super fun, just being able to be creative and, and work with new things. And the most fun cocktails to make, though, are definitely the ones that we get to create from scratch. When people take a sip and say, oh my God, this is delicious, or they just love it. And that's probably the most fun for me, the, the, the creativity behind it and making unique cocktails. That, for me, that would be the most fun drink to make, just the, the one that you start from scratch and then people are excited about. I'm Tyler, I live in and work in Vail. Come see me at Sweet Basil.
3: Welcome aboard. Bobby Laurie and Nikki Noya have your ticket to everything you need for an on-the-go lifestyle. Grab your boarding pass. It's time to Jet Set.
1: Good morning, Vale.
0: Welcome back to Good Morning, Vale. On this morning's episode, we're taking a look back at our Mountain Perspectives episode on women in athletics, moderated by Kristen Ulmer. Let's take a look.
9: Welcome to Mountain Perspectives, where we take a deep dive into fascinating topics. I'm your moderator, uh, Kristen Ulmer. I was a former professional athlete, considered the best woman big mountain extreme skier in the world for 12 years. I was also voted to be the most uh, fearless woman athlete in North America by the outdoor industry. Currently, I'm a thought leader on fear and anxiety, an author, and I also am a mindset sports coach. So we have a fascinating group of really cool women here with me today. And we're all just so impressed with each other. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in just a little bit and meet these wonderful women and discuss what their experience has been as professional athletes and uh, give you some fascinating takeaways for your own life. So see you back in a bit. Welcome back to Mountain Perspectives. We're here to discuss women in athletics, and we have a pretty interesting group of women here. I'm going to have you guys introduce yourself. Um, So we have Alice here, and we have Megan here, and then also Bailey. So why don't we start with you, Alice? Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and what your background is?
10: Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. So my name's Alice. I grew up in Indiana, South Bend. So as much as I wanted to be a ski racer when I grew up, I didn't really have that there. So golf was my go-to sport and uh, played growing up. Wasn't allowed to play on the high school team because I was the only girl playing. Um, went to college, played on a men's golf team, was able to fight my way onto the men's golf team, and then was recruited to Oklahoma State to play Division One at Oklahoma State at a high level. We were top five in the country. And so... I was very lucky, people gave me a lot of opportunity along the way without having much background, so. Uh, But I've lived in Vail for 30 years, currently work at the Vail Golf Course, director of golf there, I've been there for 16 years. Welcome to the panel. Thank you.
11: Okay, Megan. Hi, um, my name is Megan Buchanan, and um, I'm a jack of all trades. Um, What I am known for recently is I've completed the seven summits, which is the highest peak on every continent, and I am soon to become the fifth woman to complete the Explorer's Grand Slam, which is the seven summits and then last degree ski to the North and South Pole. Um, it, it wasn't really something that I knew I was gonna do when I was younger. Uh, I actually was diagnosed with dyslexia very, very young. Um, it was a great challenge. I felt a lot of shame and embarrassment and really knocked my self-esteem and the outdoors was my therapy. And so I would go hiking with my father and it was something I was just naturally so good at and I loved and that is what helped build my self-confidence. And so growing up older, um, I took on the challenge to become an aerospace engineer. Uh, That was a challenge on its own. And all through that time, again, climbing mountains, uh, the 14 ers of Colorado was my home away from home. And it was, again, where I would work through everything and keep moving forward. It wasn't really until I had a horrendous snowboarding accident here in Vail and was told that I would have a cane and wheelchair the rest of my life after shattering my femur, that I really dug in deep within myself to pull myself out of that recovery. And I wanted to go climb Kilimanjaro again, which I had done, and it was a piece of cake for me because I was so mentally strong. And then that is what set me on this journey to do the Seven Summits in the North and South Pole. And so um, I am a Vail Valley uh, resident, um, was full-time, now I'm kind of back and forth a couple places, but this is, this is where I always find my, my base camp and my roots and come back to.
9: All this and you're an aerospace engineer. <laughs>
12: During the, the daytime, yes,
9: yes, yes. That's my day job, Pays bills. So, so my ex-husband is an aerospace engineer. Oh. I'll still hang out with you anyway. Okay, thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Bailey.
12: Let's I'm talk Bailey. To
13: you. Um, I've lived in the valley my whole life, and I grew up skiing. Like that was what I did. I became an alpine ski racer. I went to the Ski and Snowboard Academy, and kind of like that was my life. That's what I wanted to do. Like I didn't even want. I people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I was like pro- professional athlete, and um, so I did that, and I made the U.S. ski team, and it was great. And then COVID hit, and I kind of was like, my heart kind of wasn't in it anymore. I started biking a lot, loved the endurance aspect, and kind of fell in love with it. And so it was a big, hard decision, but I, you know, I it was hard because I had a lot, a lot of people down. But also I was wanting to follow my heart, and so... I changed and the past few years I've just been training so hard and this past year I got on a national team and so I'm just working my way up <laughs> and trying to get to that national level and hopefully do some world
9: cups and yeah so <laughs> what do you think it is about endurance sports that you like so much more I love that you can push yourself so
13: hard and you can work so hard in training and like no matter what it's rewarding like in ski racing like it comes down to like just like tenths of a second and you know smallest mistake you're done you're out and you would have worked so hard all year whereas like endurance like in a race something could happen and you can get it back like you have time and and you ha- you know have that confidence that you train so hard that you have the fitness um to do well and so it's definitely it's it's a cool challenge and it's very fascinating to be around girls that work so hard as well. So I like it. I mean, just enjoy it.
4: What I
9: find interesting about endurance sports is they, like with Tough Mudder and Spartan, yeah. they've become so much more popular. And I think it's yeah. because people don't have enough challenge in their lives and they want yeah. to go through that suffering that we don't really yeah. have to feel in America. Like we don't really suffer that much here. And it's like we have to self-impose it upon ourselves. Yeah. And... Um, it, uh, I have a great quote. It doesn't have to be fun to be fun. Like it's not yeah. fun what you're doing, but you're having no. fun. Yeah,
13: there's like there's some hard days, but it's like addicting, you know? Like every time. Yeah, I mean most like most of my races this year haven't gone great, but it's like that one that goes good or you know, that one training session where you just feel so fast and and kind of back to yourself, like it's rewarding and it's addicting and I think like yeah, like it's not always fun. Like it, it hurts <laughs> and it can be very, very hard, but it's like, that's the fun part, I think, um, enjoying that. It's hard to, to understand sometimes, but...
9: <laughs> right. And these sports are addiction, but then you have to wonder, like, is it the sport that's addicting, or is it the place that the sport takes us that's addicting? And for me, it was always yeah. the the place that I went to in my yeah. life experience, like in my mind, in my body, that was addicting, not yeah. the skiing itself. Does yeah. that feel I feel like that, familiar? too.
13: Like, it's it's like I love being on my bike like recently I've really learned to kind of take a step back and look around and not always look at my handlebars and look at my power and my you know my hours and everything like I've just learned to look around and I I love it and it's it's beautiful and I like I love to see where my bike takes me and the places that we race are insane so yeah I, I would agree with that I mean it's definitely been a journey and been I don't know it's it's awesome <laughs> it is yeah
9: <laughs> All right. Alice Plain. Um, And actually, we can all answer this question. What does it take to be an elite athlete? Why don't you start? You know, there
10: are quite a few things that I think it takes to be a professional athlete and a successful one. You know, first, you need the passion. And it's so fun to sit here next to Bailey. And she's at the beginning of her professional path and professional career. And you really have to believe in yourself and, and not listen to the chatter out there of people saying oh well really are you going to really do this another year Mm -hmm. you know you have to believe in yourself and and if it's your dream your vision you don't want anyone to get in your way and you want to you have to sacrifice things but you definitely if you feel it in yourself you really want to pursue that and not let anything get in your
9: way really and that's very important did it come naturally for you to believe in yourself or did you have to choose to believe in yourself
10: so, you know, that's a great question. I, I played a lot of sports. I was really just a jock growing up. So I played soccer, um, you know, golf. I played with all the boys. And, you know, and I, I did, I was good. I could beat the boys, which always made me feel good. And so I did have confidence, but um, I did play professionally for a bit. And, you know, dealing, for me, was challenging dealing with the highs and the lows, so I've worked so hard, I get into an event. um I remember playing at the Colorado Open. I was a professional then play there. it's my home state new home state and uh and I really struggled and it was it was hard to to feel defeated. so those dealing with those highs and lows I think is very challenging and trying to figure out know that they could come and and knowing how to manage those highs and lows and And it's important to accept those failures and learn from those and know that you're going to have those because that just makes you so much better. So I think there's a lot to it to be a successful professional athlete. And I don't know Bailey very well, but I know she's going to be successful and it's fun. It's going to be fun to watch you in your
9: future. Yeah. Similar question. When you were experiencing the lows, did it come naturally for you to accept them, or did you have oh, to work on that? Not. No, it was really hard. It what, was really hard. Um, what was your process to get to the place of acceptance?
10: You know, for me, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have really much of a team around me. I had some friends, a little bit of family, but it was really just kind of self-reflecting. I actually got on my bike. I love being on my bike, so that kind of was a good release for me. Like, um, trying to figure out that playing golf and my score didn't reflect me as a person. But when you're in it, it's just so hard. So for me, it was a little bit of time and getting back to the grind, getting on my bike, doing some other things that weren't specifically related to, you know, competing in golf. Um, But that was that was by far the hardest thing for me to go through three years. I was playing professional golf and dealing with those highs and lows are the the hardest. I'm a very positive person. So when things didn't go my way, it was like I was kind of down in the dumps.
9: It's not just in athletics, too. I was just talking to my niece yesterday. She's a high level soccer player, not even unrelated to the soccer. She's just lost right now and miserable. I'm like, your job right now is to be lost and miserable. She's like, Oh you. <laughs>
4: right. it's like we
9: just have to work through some stuff on our bike sometimes and right. just feel lost and miserable and like a complete failure. Right. Okay. Right. Or a fraud or and then, uh, then I'll come back. Yeah, and then, then you know, you come back. <laughs> All and right. You come back better and yep. stronger
10: if you can get through those times. And yeah, it's it's part of it. It's part of being a professional athlete. It's that, journey. So it's that
11: journey, and you're talking about how you're you're starting to pick up on this journey you're about to go on, and uh, to be a professional athlete, I think you need to be aware of the mental journey of you are going to... It is not about just your body and performance. You keep going with that consistency because you mentally learn how to pull yourself back. And for me, I've summed it up into grit, which is... To me, it's gratitude, growth, resilience, integrity, and tenacity, and that's how you get through it. That gratitude to be able, no matter where you're in, those highs or the lows, to be able to pick up and focus on what you're grateful for at that moment, and that helps build your positivity back up. The growth is being willing to rebuild again, be willing to be vulnerable, be willing to take on new skills. Like when I wanted to up my game from, you know, uh, Hiking Kilimanjaro is, it's a long hike. It's not technical. And when I really wanted to put on my big girl pants and become a technical climber, I had to learn how to ice climb. I had to learn all my rope skills, everything. And I was brand new at it, and I sucked. <laughs> and it's willing to push your through, yourself through that discomfort to get to where you want to be. And the resilience to get back up a million times over and over again. Integrity, I think for me and anything we do, to hold on to integrity within yourself, to speak up for yourself, to speak up for others. And all you get through all of that and that growth cycle over and over again with tenacity, just that tenacious burn in your belly. And listening to every single one of you, every single one of you has that. We get that burn in our belly of, I know this is what I should be doing. And we we choose to do it, to get back up every single time. And to me, it's that grit is how you become, you know, you achieve the extraordinary. Love that. Well said. (laughs) Thank you.
9: (laughs) (laughs) And I find that everybody is different though. It's not a one size fits all experience because for me, like gratitude or getting to positivity, that's not what worked for me. Like I I remember one time I, it was a competition where I better win or else I was going to lose my status as the best in the world. And It was the best of two runs. And after the first run, I wasn't winning. I played it too safe. I didn't take enough risks. And I had two hours to think about it. And I was uh, disgusted of myself. I had imposter syndrome. I was afraid. I, I, I thought maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. But all of these, you know, fear, anger, disgust, all of that were emotions that motivated me and drop by drop, instead of trying to get to positivity, like, I've got this. I didn't do any of that. It's like my anger made me right or wrong and my fear. I was more afraid of not winning this competition than of jumping off a 70-foot cliff onto hard pack in the 90s on skinny skis. So I, that's what I went and did. And it's like drop by drop by drop. My negativity um, turned me into a mighty river. And I, and I did the run and I was in a flow state and, and uh, took uh, seventh overall for the men and it was and one for the women um so it's like everybody i feel has nice. a different like I grit know. tenacity is yours but for yeah. me just being in the mess that is my life at that time as motivation for me to perform and so one thing that i'm noticing here is because bailey you're 20 years old <laughs> We're all, like, wanting to give you, you know, like, perspective. (laughs) So a lot of what we're talking about is, like, focusing back on you and maybe for the audience, too, focusing back on anyone that's young, that's listening, that's thinking about becoming a professional athlete or who really is passionate about a sport and who knows what the possibilities are. But here you are, you're 20, you know. What, for you, makes you so great at what you're doing at such a young age?
13: I mean, honestly this past year, I've just learned so much. Like I've had a lot of, you know, failure. And I think, uh, you know, having that 10 second memory, <laughs> but also learning from all the experiences and taking what was good and letting, you know, learning from what was bad and how I can change that um, has been really great. But, you know, it's definitely, it definitely has its challenges. Like I'm not, I'm with, I'm like you, I'm, I'm not great at it. i very hard on myself and, you know, you work so hard and then you don't get what you want. And it's so like, oh my God, I give up so much for this sport. And it's like, ah, that one little thing was off, you know? But, you know, you just gotta keep going. And I think that, you know, remembering why you do it
9: um, just makes all the difference, but
13: yeah, so.
9: What do you think of this? Uh, The best athletes are never satisfied.
13: I believe it. I mean, I feel like even, like I've won races before, like when I was skiing, I've won races, and I've been like, it's because there was like not a lot of competition here, or it's because, you know, you just start coming up with reasons like, no, that's that's not right. Like someone crashed or something, or someone else had something, so they would have, you know? Like you kind of second guess it, and I think that like, but that's good. You like need that. Like you can't expect to win every time. Like, and you know, where are you gonna go? if you're not wanting more, you know, even if you're winning.
11: I used to love that phrase, stay humble, stay hungry. Yeah. It's like, I think when you're younger, I think as you get, and it's so funny that you say that, like, we're all kind of, I think I think we all want to mentor because we're older and we didn't necessarily have a female mentor. Mm-hmm. And I know it's something, I, I, it's so important to to help give advice or answer questions to people younger for, for us. And that stay humble, stay hungry you know, talking about skiing versus mountaineering is so different because me taking risks—that's not good. <laughs> like, like that's a thing where, whereas I've gotten older too, I've—you've got to get to this almost Zen place in your life of so that you are much more um, based off of yeah that positivity and gratitude, instead of hungry and humble and and yeah it is depends on the sport, depends on your age, where you're at, but we were just talking about before too the the always wanting more and that's something that i'm mentally really going through right now because i've achieved a goal i wanted to do and in the back of my head it's what's next and i'm playing with doing another 8000 meter peak it gets dangerous you get older and it's not it's not if it's when and you're caught in an avalanche or you're caught in something and so but that drive to keep finding that next challenge is always there. And I'm just hoping they can make very intelligent decisions and maybe kind of put it into something else instead of really high mountains from now on. But I don't know. I'm I'm going through that journey right now mentally.
9: (laughs) Well, we're going to explore what's next in just a little bit with mountain perspectives. Take a little break. See you soon.
12: Did you know that all Eagle County residents and visitors can get a free Eagle Valley Library District card? All you need is a photo ID. You get our online databases and resources, free music, free streaming, all from wherever you have internet access. Free audiobooks and e-audiobooks straight to your phone. Go into your Eagle Valley Library District branch today and get your library card.
14: Familia, estamos muy emocionados de por fin presentarles nuestro nuevo programa completamente en español, Conexión Latina, que se estrena este lunes 21 de agosto a partir de las 7 de la tarde. Por el momento, el programa se transmitirá los lunes, miércoles y viernes de 7 a 7 y media de la tarde, con una repetición de 7 y media a 8. Así que no hay excusas para perdértelo. Te recuerdo que puedes sintonizar nuestra programación a través del canal 92 de Comcast Nuestra página web cvadell.com Y nuestra página de Facebook CVA Conexión Latina Acompáñanos en esta nueva aventura llena de información y entretenimiento local No te lo pierdas
15: Well, Archer and I are going to get headed on further down the trail But I hope you'll catch up with us a little bit later Hi I'm Ben Roof and I'm one of the new hosts here at TV8. I'm so excited to share all of my explorations throughout the Vale Valley with my dog, Archer, where we'll be taking you to hiking trails, biking trails, maybe we'll go rafting, fishing, or whatever else we can come up with. I'm so excited to share all of that with you in my new segment, Outdoor Adventures. Don't forget to catch up with us every day right here at TV8Vail or at tv 8 valecom because there's always more for you on 92
5: opening in time for the new ski season max's bar here at tv8 so grab a seat as friends and neighbors gather to discuss and debate the topics of the day from best restaurants best hockey seats school sports and just plain old vale valley talk so join us here at max's bar this winter do you have an interesting hobby or skill you would like to share for vale valley
16: we want to hear from you
5: We're looking for people to share their musical, artistic, culinary, woodworking, athletic, or technical talents on Good Morning Vale. If you'd like to share your talents with the community, email Danielle at TVAVale.com. Join the community conversation. There's more for you on 92.
9: Welcome back to Mountain Perspectives. I'm your moderator, Kristen Ulmer. We're talking to women in athletics. Next question. Uh, What is your worst experience in sports? Alice, why don't we start with you?
10: Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I played golf, so it's not that super exciting, but I alluded to it a little bit uh, being back in Colorado, playing in the Colorado Open, and, you know, I've I didn't play well I was super defeated I had a lot of family and friends out there and so you know that that was a really hard experience for me and it but it did it it changed my perspective a little bit like okay I'm gonna just keep going and and uh, turn things around next time I'm playing in the Colorado Open but Um, nothing dangerous I don't play a super super dangerous sport uh, unless I get hit by a golf ball Um, but uh,
9: but it's dangerous if your self-esteem is tied to your performance
10: true yes that's true good point Um, I was lucky enough to have an amazing college golf coach I still am in touch with her today she's 82 years old and she, you know, she didn't really know golf that well, actually. The golf swing, and it, certainly those, that's changed. That was back in the late 80s. With technology, we've changed how we understand the golf swing. But she was really good at working on our mental game. And we were a very good team. We, we finished third in nationals in 1988. Should have won a couple national championships. But we were all good, talented golfers. But she really taught us how to deal with our mental side of the game, and and golf certainly is a huge mental game, and and she was ahead of her time, and she's actually getting recognized with some nice accolades now. She was so far ahead of her time. I mean, there weren't any other coaches doing what she was doing at that time at Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State, so, you know, she really started me on a good path, and then I didn't turn professional until eight years after I graduated, so she was still, you know, with me and giving me support, and I also worked with Quite a few sports psychologists, which was also not as popular today. Any PGA golfer, LPGA player, they have a sports psychologist on their team, and uh, you know, there's your mind is so powerful. So certainly with golf, it was it's a game changer. I mean, it's it's something that if you if you're not in the right mental state mind when you're playing, you're not going to have a successful round of golf. So.
6: What was
9: her uh, predominant message that was so ahead of its time?
10: You know, the one thing Bailey alluded to this, having a 10 second memory, but she was, I'm not going to say any profanities on air, but (laughs) she didn't want us to, you know, if we hit three or four bad shots or they came in a cluster, she's like, you don't want to carry that bag of with you all the way around the course. You know, it's going to get heavier and heavier. You've got to let that stuff go. If you hit a bad shot, you know, don't carry it with you. You've got to just keep on going and looking forward and and being in the present, I mean, present tense, not looking, oh, gosh, if I play well, maybe I'll shoot par today. She was like, no, it's the one shot that you're taking. It's the one hole you're playing. Nothing else
9: is coming into play. Stay in the present. So a couple things about that. First of all... um, we say that sports are 90% mental. But I want to say that the other 10% is mental, too. <laughs> 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 it's all mental. Right? Yeah, but really, actually, when you dig deeper, it's 0% mental. It's, it's when you leave the mind behind, and you tap into some other part of us. Our bodies are, for me, emotions. Uh, like a, a flow state is the present, or it is m- mindless. There's a lot of talk about mindfulness, but I actually am a big fan of mindlessness because that's really, for me, what worked the best. So maybe, Bailey, you want to comment on this?
13: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's kind of, as an endurance athlete, like, your mind can take over your body. And I think when you're present, um, that kind of lets your mind go away, like all your thoughts, and then your body can focus because... When you're pushing yourself, like, so hard over its limits, like, the second you have a tiny thought of, like, maybe someone passed you just now, or, you know, maybe you crashed a little or put your foot out or something like that, something happens, then your mind just, like, it's so much easier for something to to happen. And then your body just kind of lets go. I think if you're more present and calm, then your body has more room to do what it needs to do and use the correct energy um, (laughs) instead of your mind. Cause like, even for me, like I've had a lot of instances this past season where I've been like, oh my God, I literally just let my mind take over and I know I'm fit and I should have kept going and all these things, but I'm like learning that. Like I let my head kind of just take over my body. And I think being present and focused, like it's hard. Like you'll have a thought that like passes through your head and you'll be like, and I think acknowledging that it's just a thought and it's like not what actually is going to happen or, you know, thinking, we, we think about the future, like, oh, this girl's going to pass me and then I'm going to get like fourth or fifth or whatever. And um, I think, you know, not letting that happen and being like, okay, I'm riding my own race. I'm going to push myself as hard as I can. I'm not going to worry about the people watching on the sideline. I'm not going to worry about the person who's in front of me that's having a good raise or the person that's behind me or anything like that, I think. It's, it's, been, it's a challenge, but I think it's, like, really important. And it's, but it's hard to learn,
9: <laughs> especially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, um, don't think of the purple elephant. Yeah. Don't think of the person in front of me. Yeah. Don't think of the person yeah. on my butt, right? And it, it, we have 50 thoughts per minute. Yeah. And in a 60-minute race, or your races are a lot longer than that. Yeah. I mean, how many thoughts is that? And how many of them can we ultimately really even control? Exactly. And if we're spending our time on the bike trying to control our thoughts, then where are we, uh, yeah, too? Exactly. So it's, it is challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that there's definitely a lot of emphasis on control. Yeah. But what if we just let our mind do its thing? And uh, I don't know, when you're um, climbing a mountain, what, what is your mind doing?
11: I mean, this, it's totally different. I was just thinking of, as you're talking, like, I'm not racing someone else. Yeah. I'm racing weather. I'm racing heat, cold. I'm racing, um, I'm not racing an individual usually. And for me, I need my mind working and being present, but I need to be calculating. I need to be really thinking about things. And it's such an endurance sport, and the training that goes into it is, again, you're, you're just hours on the mountain just hiking. All you have is you your thoughts. Listen to a lot of podcasts. Listen to a lot of music. But that's part of it where, um, and you're talking about like how you're, the negative voices, that did drive me when I'm, I'm younger. We all still have those negative voices. But I had to learn as part of doing this sport how to not have those negative voices or shut those out, let those go, and only allow the positive ones in. Because I do have so much time to be thinking. And so yeah, it, it is really interesting. and like so the hardest so the hardest, I don't have a hardest time. You have uh, instances where you'll have an injury or you might have the worst nightmarish blisters that are just horrible, but you got to patch it up and you got to keep going because no one's coming to get you. And but you keep moving, you keep going, you work through pain. The hardest time I've ever had was a mental, it was a mental breakdown and it was when I was on Everest in 2021 and that was my first attempt on Everest and I didn't realize how those conditions were going to eat my body and during a rotation where you go up from like base camp to to rotate to the higher camps to to acclimatize, my body would drop so much weight. It was just eating itself and I I could not keep enough calories in and I am... I am always up at the head of the pack with all the men hiking. I'm, I, I've always been so proud of that. I have never turned away from a hike. And I had gotten down from a rotation, and I went to go to do a day hike, and I, my, my energy was down to, like, 25%. I had to turn back. And I went to my tent. I was just bawling. And those negative voices all came in. And it's like, what are you even doing on this mountain? You are not good enough. Why are you here? What were you thinking? And all that came in. And I was just like, you've <laughs> I just had this moment with myself where the other voice came back, and I was like, girl, you are a dyslexic that became an aerospace engineer. You are literally climbing Mount Everest right now. If you are not good enough for yourself right now, I, I don't know how to help you. Like, you need, I, you need to pick your crap up. <laughs> and so that, that driving voice, that, it did come in. It's like, pick yourself up. And go do this, eat more food, whatever you need to do, but I've had enough. If you are not good enough for yourself right now, I am done with you. <laughs> and my tears turned to laughter in my tent by myself. And literally that breakdown was my breakthrough. And that was the day in 2021, as me as a 40 something year old woman, I was finally good enough for myself. And that has stayed with me. And so that those negative voices do drive you. But I come right back in with it, like nice. nope, not today, Satan. We're moving forward. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
11: awesome. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So,
9: a... so two yeah. things. First of all, I just my brain just connected the dots of dyslexia and aerospace engineer. That is that's amazing. Yeah, amazing. I, I would I'd like to climb <laughs> Everest any day over that. Usually, <laughs> because <laughs> aerospace engineer, if if it's 0. .0001 off, it explodes on launch, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and if you okay, so then the second thing is. I one time tried to climb and ski Cho Oyu, and I got up to about 23,000 feet, and I'm like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Like, I'm not going any further. I I don't have what that takes. I have what it takes to risk my life skiing something that lasts, you know, five minutes but i don't have i just don't have that thing that you just described where i'm like my my brain was like this is stupid i'm going home Yeah. right yeah but, <laughs> like, but i can but look at you what you're
11: doing i'm like oh my gosh yeah, i could never so, do that <laughs> so
9: it's like these are all yeah. just different skill sets different. i am i would be a terrible golfer it's like and and i'm ai went mountain biking the other day i'm terrible at it And you think skiing and mountain bike anyway but it's like we can become really really good at one thing or two things or you know but um I really feel like honing in on just one thing that just complements all of your gifts and and all of your personality traits and all of your, you know, childhood wounds and all that. You know, it's like the perfect storm and we have you and we have perfect storm and we have you perfect storm and we have you.
11: Hmm, that's a lovely analogy. I really like
9: that. I know <laughs> this is very We're all exciting. perfect little storms. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for the people who are listening, I know you're all athletic people. Like, <laughs> have you picked the sport that is the perfect storm for you and your personality? We're going to take a little break. See you back in a little bit. <laughs>
4: Nap Harvest, your local marketplace for fresh, locally produced products. Our indoor farmer's market is open seven days a week, featuring locally grown organic produce, prepared meals, honey from our nap nectar hive, furniture, cutting boards, and much more. We source and sell locally grown and produced products from the Vale and Roaring Fork Valleys. Visit us at our new location in Eagle Ranch, 717 Sylvan Lake Road, next door to Color Coffee Roasters. Coming up this season on Ready, Set, Renovate, real homeowners tackle really big renos. Welcome to the ugliest house in the neighborhood. (laughs) It's a wild ride from before to after.
16: If we go to the tile store one more time, only one of us is coming out alive.
4: (laughs) Well, I didn't know he was going to do all that. Between the budget and the timeline, it's makeover madness.
7: Eyepieces of Veil has been a fixture in the Veil community for over 30 years. From designer frames and sunglasses to high-performance sports frames, prescription goggles, and in-demand accessories like helmets, goggle lenses, and foldable reading glasses, our inventory raises the optical bar. Visit one of our seven locations today and see why generations of loyal customers return time after time for our unmatched service and inventory. Eyepieces, the art of vision.
16: When you're in Vail, you're in vacation mode, and you need a flexible home tour experience that fits into your schedule. We've transformed how you view and buy homes in the Vail Valley. With immersive, cutting-edge technology, you can explore properties 10 times faster. In our lounge, We guide you through this digital world on a 16 foot screen where you can imagine your next home in comparison to your favorite recreational spots. Say goodbye to multi-day home tours and hello to a quick stop between your other plans. That's the power of the immersion theater.
6: At Revival Boutique Med Spa, we take an integrative and holistic approach to skincare, focusing on the bigger picture when treating our clients. We use only result-driven and science-based products that contain clean, organic, wild-crafted, and research-based ingredients. From injectables, facials, to body contouring, we offer anything related to looking your best self. Find us in the Riverwalk in Edwards. For a complete list of services, visit us online at RevivalVale.com. Follow us on Instagram at vale Valley. Fall in love with your skin again. There's lots to love at Revival. Mind. Body. Beauty.
12: I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now!. Our independent news hour offers diverse perspectives and unique opinions, often unheard in the mainstream media, live as the news unfolds. Tune in for Democracy Now! The War and Peace Report, weekday mornings at 9 and evenings at 6 on TV8 Vale, Comcast Xfinity, Channel 92. There's more for you on Channel 92.
10: You're watching K34QB, Vail, Colorado.
0: Good morning. Happy Saturday, December 16th. I'm your host, Danielle Turner. And on today's episode of Good Morning Vail, we are looking back at our Mountain Perspectives episode on women in athletics. So sit tight. The second hour of Good Morning Vail starts right now. Thank you.
4: Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to my family in Florida, in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. I miss you guys and wish you were here. Love you. All right. Merry Christmas, Thomas and Annie. We can't wait to spend Christmas with you. Love you guys. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays from Vale Health. Les deseamos una feliz Navidad y un prospero año nuevo.
1: Have a happy, healthy holiday season.
5: Do you have an interesting hobby or skill you'd like to share for Vale Valley?
16: We want to hear from you.
5: We're looking for people to share their musical, artistic, culinary, woodworking, athletic, or
3: technical talents
5: on Good Morning Vale. If you'd like to share your talents with the community, email Danielle at TVAVail.com. Join the community conversation. There's more for you on 92.
12: Did you know that all Eagle County residents and visitors can get a free Eagle Valley Library District card? All you need is a photo ID. You get our online databases and resources, free music, free streaming, all from wherever you have internet access. Free audiobooks and e-audiobooks straight to your phone. Go into your Eagle Valley Library District branch today and get your library card.
2: Welcome
4: to Street Magic. I'm Elizabeth Stanton, with some of the most terrifying stunts, extraordinary extreme escapes, and the most amazing cutting-edge magicians you'll ever see in one show. Get ready to have your mind turned inside out. The hand is definitely quicker than the eye. It's safe!
16: (laughs) When you're in fail, you're in vacation mode, and you need a flexible home tour experience that fits into your schedule. We transformed how you view and buy homes in the Vail Valley. With immersive, cutting-edge technology, you can explore properties 10 times faster. In our lounge, we guide you through this digital world on a 16-foot screen where you can imagine your next home in comparison to your favorite recreational spots. Say goodbye to multi-day home tours and hello to a quick stop between your other plans. That's the power of the immersion theater.
5: Are you looking for exciting and nutritious recipes to cook at home? Watch Colorful Cooking with Tracy Miller on TV8Vail. Tracy brings you the best in fresh and healthy foods for the active outdoor lifestyle. Stream online at TV8vale.com or find us on Comcast Xfinity Channel 92. There's more for you on 92. Good morning,
0: Vale. Welcome back to Good Morning Veil. We are in the midst of our discussion on women in athletics with moderator Kristen Ulmer. Let's
9: get back to it. Welcome back to Mountain Perspectives. I'm your moderator, Kristen Ulmer. We're with this cast of characters, these (laughs) amazing women. And we're going to uh, now talk about public image. Like, how responsible are we for being good role models for other (coughs) girls or just people in general? Um, Bailey, do you want to start (coughs) with this?
13: Yeah, Uh, I'd say it's really hard Um, with like social media. Like, I'm learning a lot especially as I'm kind of getting kind of up in the ranks a little bit more. Um, It's become like super important um, and like eyes are on you. You know, Um, I'm on this team that like um, our director, she really is encouraging that we are good mentors for the sport and, you know, which is awesome. I love it. It's great. And it's so cool. It's cool to have the opportunity. Um, But, you know, so you know you got social media and it's definitely it's definitely challenging something you have to get used to something you have also like you want to portray like all these cool things but sometimes you have to be like all right I can't show this so it's like hard to always show your best self and I think I'm learning to show not only but my best self but you know that the other sides as well um which has been definitely interesting and I think you know it's it's pretty good like i've i've learned a lot about it and it's hard you know but you know you learn (laughs) it's definitely hard
9: (laughs) right and you're living in a different era and actually megan you are also in this era because you're currently being a professional athlete whereas Mm -hmm. i'm more retired you're more retired at this point um taking on different roles you know you're head of uh veil golf club? Am I saying that right? And I'm a mindset sports coach. And so we're, we don't have to deal with sponsors anymore, but you guys are dealing with sponsors. Mm -hmm. And, and so right now the game is social media and having that presence. And, and what was so great in our era, we could just be selfish. We could just be just ourselves and, and, and Uh focus on our goals versus having to be externally focused on, on your public persona. Um, So that's an element of pressure and yeah. expectation especially cuz i assume you have sponsors. Oh yeah. 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 And that's that's the price of admission for yeah. sponsors now versus just being awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
13: I think like kind of uh what i've kind of taken away is showing that like you can't always be perfect. It's okay to have, you know, bad races. It's okay to, you know, it's okay to eat some treats here and there, like not always be perfect and in ways like that and like show it um I think sponsors like to see that you can overcome things and you can show your vulnerability to other people which is kind of where I want to take my like social media and everything I want everyone to you know feel comfortable and feel like they can relate because there are like it's a very small percentage that I'm perfect all the time or you know, looking good on my bike all the time, or you know all these things. Um, so I think making sure to be just real um, is really important. But I mean, with sponsors and everything, it's it's also kind of like part of the deal now. It's on it's kind of helped a lot of athletes get sponsors and keep sponsors and you know, show it's kind of it's a good door. It's you know, not always the best. It's hard to learn. and figure out but it's it's a good door it's a good opportunity to get new sponsors show
9: people who you are it's kind of your profile um so there's good and bad (laughs) so in the conversation about public image I remember when I was first on camera giving my first interview very beginning of my career and I thought okay I have so many different sides to my personality (laughs) what this is before social media and I'm like what part of me you know i had this very introspective sweet side i had this kind of crazy wild side yeah. you know i i had lots of other sides yeah. too and and there's also the caring and wanting to support other people's side um, that you're talking yeah. about you know wanting to send a positive message and i i thought i thought the cameras pointed at me i'm like what part of me do i want to have my reputation be and you know what I picked? What? Wild, crazy Kristen. Uh. And, and it was wild, crazy, six, sexy Kristen, yeah. too. And, and it really worked for me. And so there are so many different choices. I think the obvious one is um, the sending the message that it's okay yeah. to be who you are and it's okay to eat that and it's okay to feel bad because I think that's the, probably the most helpful and the one that um, girls or just other people most need to hear. But we definitely always have choices. Yeah but that's the one that you choose. So why did you choose that? Because I'm sure you have a lot of other sides to your personality.
13: When I was younger, I would have, like, I look up to the people that are like that, and I would have wanted more girls like that. I would have liked to not have, you know, some people on social media, and growing up with social media, it's it's hard to look at that, and that's, oh, as a little kid, like, that's what you got to be. Like, no, I want someone to be like, oh, like, I can't, I'm i looking forward to that. I feel like I don't need to be a certain person. I can be myself. I can do what my heart wants me to do. I can, you know, and everyone has their own way of doing things, you know. Um, like the eating thing, for example. Like, uh, you know, some athletes, you know, they're very strict about it. Very, you know, got to be super lean, got to be super. And it's, it's great. It works for them, but it doesn't always work for everyone. And I think... Um, changing, like, people's perspectives is, like, you can be strong. You can be strong and do it how you want to, like, as long as you're strong. Like, you can do it any way possible for that. And I think showing young girls, you know, that person to look up to that, I think it's important because that's who I would have wanted
9: to look up to. Mm-hmm. So
13: Okay. Yeah.
9: <laughs> so, Megan, you're the obvious next person to talk mm-hmm. about this because you're also current and you also have a website called Grit. Yeah. Dot com. Mm-hmm. and so you're definitely focused on sending a message out to the world based on your life experience um, yeah. that you hope will impact people
11: yeah, for sure, and it is interesting to me because I did not grow up with social media how everything has changed and to get any sort of sponsorship how much how important social media is. so I definitely had to learn that rule and when I started out I did feel like, okay, well, I just, I'm going to present this and this and it was, I I got some help and they helped me realize you need to show all sides and everything. To what you're saying, I think we do have a responsibility for younger generations or any other female to help them feel comfortable in their skin. You can have all these different sides. I have like eight different personalities. I'm going to show them all. I'm going to show the good days and the bad days. And I do feel that responsibility, especially to women, because I think male and female athletes, to a big extent, are held to a different standard, and especially in the public eye. I think women are scrutinized so much more than men are. Men can do whatever they want, (sighs) and if a woman does, oh my gosh, you know, she's out. That needs to stop. We need to change the narrative. And so for me, on my social media, um, I really want to touch all the different things Um, I touch a lot on neurodivergence and helping people that are dyslexic, ADHD, Asperger's, whatever it is, feel good about what they're doing and know that I have tough days with that, really tough days, and picking yourself back up again. Or I I like to think of it, too, as, as far as getting sponsorship, I am 49 years old. I am not some, like, the young, upcoming years to go in that career, and I also want women at whatever age they are, feeling amazing about themselves. And at any point, you can start whoever you want to be and reach your full potential. So it is important for me to do social media posts that maybe my makeup isn't perfect, maybe no makeup on, t- totally in a tent, hat on had been on <laughs> for like 20 days. And that was hard for me to allow all of that. But I think to what you said, at any age, we we need to be comfortable with exactly who we are and we need to help other people do that as well. And so, um, yeah, social media is has become a great tool to try to reach people. Um, and share those messages that, that I've learned through the years of, you know, I think you, you being the, the young, I mean, I remember I used to be like the young hot thing and, on the mountain and, you know, 25 years old, and now I'm the mama bear. And it's that <laughs> transition, especially as a woman, too, through your career to learn and embrace those new things. And I am trying my best to really share that on social media as well, just that, tr- that transformation, that journey that I'm going through.
9: Well, then let's talk mm-hmm. about, the um, <laughs> we are in male-dominated sports. Every single golf, I mean, cross-country mountain biking, mountain mm-hmm. climbing, skiing—like mm-hmm. <laughs> these are male-dominated sports. And there is—it's a completely different game being women, isn't it? Yeah. And when we're talking about sponsors too, it's a completely different game. And and how we present ourselves—like we're expected to be soft and loving and nurturing—and you know, like uh, um, sh- showing what's. Capable, You don't see that with, like, the Dennis Robinsons. They're just doing whatever they, <laughs> the heck they want, right? And uh, maybe I could come up with a more current example if you can think of one. But um, so the unique challenges as women in male-dominated sports and, uh, you know, these, you know, we're, we're fringe sports. You're a mainstream sport. Um, why don't we start with you we're talking about mainstream sports and, and being a big player in a male-dominated sports what do you have to say about that
10: yeah it's hard I you know I've been in the I've been a member of the PGA now for 26 years so a long time and there's 28,000 members in PGA of America and we're running golf courses we're teaching the game and um, it's still four percent ladies out of that number so, and it was like that when I entered the PGA and started going through the process to become a PGA professional. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I want to support younger women that are trying to do what I'm doing now. I'm running the golf operation. It's very rare for women to be in my position. But I want to help young girls because it's not easy. You have to be very um, determined, have, uh, you know, be, be okay with, you know, all the extraneous things coming at you. So, you know, I will say, I mean, I grew up playing with the boys on the golf course. I played on a college men's team with the guys, and, you know, they were all super supportive of me. It wasn't, you know, they were all my good friends. They were very supportive, you know, and I've I've had amazing support from the Colorado PGA section. Um, we're a pretty big section, and um, two years ago, my peers nominated me to be the PGA Professional of the Year for 2021, and then it's a peer review. Whoever gets receives the award. So, and all those were men. I mean, there's about 35 women in our section out of almost 900 members. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's given me a, lo- a lot of drive being you know as a female in this industry. That's that's not so you know, popular, but, you know, again, I've, I've received mentorship from other men professionals, and, you know, we have, we have a great network, and they, they always joke that it's a fraternity. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, what about no. me? So, uh, but I've, I've had great support, and um, I just would love to see more women you know, getting into roles like myself, and and the PGA is trying. They're they're doing a good job currently, bringing some diversity into the game, and trying to make golf look like our country, right? So it's not just a white man's sport. It really isn't. And and the PGA, they're making strides. We're and all of us running operations, we're trying to do the same and be welcoming to women that want to get into the game and want to play. Megan was just saying she's just getting learning. into the game. So, it's, <laughs> well,
9: what, do you, what do you think is preventing women from taking up golf? even Not, not becoming professional golfers, but even taking up well, the sport.
10: Well, you know, interestingly, COVID, 2020, that was an absolute game changer for women in golf. One year it took so many women were entering the game, trying to, coming back to the game, starting the game, but... I think one re- it's an intimidating sport. So, you know, it is a male dominated sport. It's intimidating.
9: You feel like you go up to the first tee and all eyes are on you. Well, and, hold on. All sports are intimidating to men or women. So, what about But it's a recreational sport that oh. where someone's they don't, they're not really watching you, but you feel like
10: when you're teeing off, hitting a shot, everyone's watching you. Oh, they're like watching And they, and you and they, are. they,
11: they are. They're and totally judging them. Them. <laughs> They're watching, they're judging, they're commenting. <laughs> but they're like,
10: Mount, I, can, I can go hike by myself. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Mountain bike by yourself. <laughs> yeah. ski by, yeah, yeah, golf, yeah. everybody's watching. Right. So I think Got that's, it. <laughs> that's a big piece of that yeah. intimidation factor. And um, I try and, you know, I teach all ages and really try and be encouraging and positive and and say, don't worry about all those people Not, not only are
9: they watching, everybody's quiet. And everyone's to quiet. See what <laughs> happens.
10: Exactly. And the ball is just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's, yeah.
9: Right. Well, we're going to come back to this question. We're going to take a little break on mountain, mountain perspectives. We're going to come back in a little bit and continue discussing the challenges of being women athletes in male-dominated sports. See you in a little bit.
4: Nap Harvest, your local marketplace for fresh, locally produced products. Our indoor farmer's market is open seven days a week, featuring locally grown organic produce, prepared meals, honey from our nap nectar hive, furniture, cutting boards, and much more. We source and sell locally grown and produced products from the Vale and Roaring Fork Valleys. Visit us at our new location in Eagle Ranch, 717 Sylvan Lake Road, next door to Color Coffee Roasters.
14: Familia, estamos muy emocionados de por fin presentarles nuestro nuevo programa completamente en español, Conexión Latina, que se estrena este lunes 21 de agosto a partir de las 7 de la tarde. Por el momento, el programa se transmitirá los lunes, miércoles y viernes de 7 a 7 y media de la tarde, con una repetición de 7 y media a 8. Así que no hay excusas para perdértelo. Te recuerdo que puedes sintonizar nuestra programación a través del canal 92 de Comcast, Nuestra página web, cvadel.com, y nuestra página de Facebook, CBA Conexión Latina. Acompáñanos en esta nueva aventura llena de información y entretenimiento local. No te lo pierdas.
12: Hello everyone, I'm Raissa Paschal. And I'm Andrea Jackson. Welcome to Life Love Shopping. How many personal stories you can share? Do I? <laughs> yes, I so, do. So even though you work with for- some good deals, too good to miss on Flash Deals, now check this out. Studies show spending time outdoors can help with depression,
4: lowering blood pressure, and overall health and happiness.
11: No,
3: I'm, I'm Scott. and we feeling really good today. You know why? Because yeah.
16: we had a book When you're in Vale, you're in vacation mode, and you need a flexible home tour experience that fits into your schedule. We've transformed how you view and buy homes in the Vale Valley with immersive, cutting-edge technology you can explore properties 10 times faster. In our lounge, we guide you through this digital world on a 16 foot screen where you can imagine your next home in comparison to your favorite recreational spots. Say goodbye to multi-day home tours and hello to a quick stop between your other plans. That's the power of the immersion theater.
0: Welcome back to Good Morning Vale. We're in the midst of a fascinating discussion on women in athletics with moderator Kristen Ulmer and several local athletes.
9: Let's take a look. Welcome back to Mountain Perspectives, where we have fascinating topics on subjects that involve mountain living. We are discussing uh, women in athletics. And we're right in the middle of a conversation about the challenges of being a woman athlete in male-dominated do- sports. So Bailey, <laughs> your turn. What do you want to say about that? I Sky's mean, the limit.
13: I remember the first time I joined my like, high school mountain bike team. I just did it for, you know. I, I actually joined when I was in eighth grade. And my dad made me do it. And I was like, I didn't want to do it because it was like all boys there were not really any girls and they were all older and I was like so scared and I was like no I don't want to do it and um kind of similar to you I I kind of got in it and they were supportive and they pushed me and they you know made me a better rider and I did more things that I feared and and because of that it made me better I think um so that was you know being in that they kind of push you a little bit um I would say that I'm kind of so new to the sport that I don't really know like men and women like kind of how it how different it is I would say like definitely the men are definitely more televised more sponsors there are some professional teams that have more men than women and they have you know there's one team that has you have to have at least one woman and they only have one woman like seriously you can't split it up or you know have more women and (laughs) but you know it is how it is and I think but I do think more girls are getting into the sport because so many of the girls that do this sport are amazing and, you know, they are very good mentors and it's they're making it fun and they're making it kind of achievable in a way, you know, USA Cycling and, you know, a lot of these people, these development teams are really helping girls and just even just young kids in general, like come up and, you know, really want to do this. And I think that's it's super cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just, I've not really with my sport, I've had a lot of, uh, dealing with the men versus women, but I would say that I, I think it is kind of changing, um, which is good. Um, I'm, I want it to be obviously, I mean, you want it to be even, but I would say that
9: it's going in the right direction, which is good. It's changing in that more women are taking up these yeah. sports and, Let's shift the conversation, too, into to sponsorship dollars. It's like, okay, from a marketing perspective, more men mountain bike, more men watch mountain biking races, mm-hmm. more men buy mountain biking clothes and yeah. shoes and, and all that. And so the marketing directors are marketing to men. Yes. And so then probably the men mountain bikers are getting more sponsorship dollars than the women m- mountain bikers. Yes. And and race, I don't know if you guys get. So the the question I have is, do you understand that, and and it's okay, or does it make you mad? Ah,
13: uh, well, of course it makes me mad. I mean, I don't. That's not okay. I, you know, we uh, in a World Cup, you race the same course as the men. It's the same amount of technical features. Everything's the same. You maybe do like one lap less, but you know, it, it's just as hard. You're like the women are doing very crazy things. Um, you know, just as crazy as the men are doing. Um, but you know, uh, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I want it to change and it makes me angry, but, um, I, I, like I said, I think it's changing. Um, and I think there's going to be more people watching the women because, these women are, are starting to train with the men. They're starting to kind of come into the light. They're starting to show. And I think some companies and sponsors are seeing that and they want to support women, uh, especially in biking. So I think that, you know, it's changing a little
9: bit and it's should be good. (laughs) Uh, So let's turn it to Megan. So sponsorships can be seen as support for the athlete, Mm -hmm. but also sponsorship is a way for that company to have a reputation so that they can sell more product. And ultimately, that's what these companies are doing is they're making strategic movements with their budget so that they can best be more profitable and also be a pillar in their community for um, all things great regarding the sport. So there's a lot going on here with sponsorships. It's not just about support. It's about also like uh, marketing budgets and, and appropriate allocation of resources. Mm-hmm. To be super technical about yeah. it, like I remember when I was a professional athlete, I actually made more money than the guys just because um, it was uh, I was I was selling the sport better. Mm-hmm not because they wanted to support me because I was a woman, but because I was just really good at selling the sport. And so that's what got me more money. Um, So it it really is an interesting game. It's not so black and white as just support or no support. It's about, like, what do you offer that company? Do you want to comment on this?
11: Yeah, and and it's a very good point. Because at the end of the day, uh, uh, whoever's sponsoring you, they, they have a business to run. They do need to think about it. I think what's changing now is it comes back to integrity and responsibility. I think certain corporations I've seen in news, I follow this quite a bit, are taking an initiative and made a decision that they will, they will absolutely split marketing dollars half and half. That is a huge thing for a corporation to do. And I think the reason is there are a lot of us who have been in sports or corporations or, or business that we are speaking up and asking for change, and women are getting in positions of power to help make change at these companies and make these initiatives go forward. I realize it was everything that's happened um, in soccer, too, about equal pay. Well, you guys don't, not as much money is made. Well, it's not being made as much because it's not spot, or you know marketed as much. We've got to start making some change for things to actually have an opportunity to become equal. And so it is little, little steps like this, and asking and looking for corporations. I know, since I also work for a major aerospace company, I also understand, who I, it does not sponsor me, um, but I understand the other side of the business as well, and things that we go through within a corporation as far as equality. There are initiatives going on in corporations for um, inclusion, uh, for uh, you know, equality and different things. And I don't want to say it's popular right now. It's actually just trending and there is change being made. So I applaud the corporations that really are taking a stance and making, a, I think, an ethical decision t- to sponsor. But a lot of companies aren't. And it's just, like you said, we're moving in that direction. It doesn't happen overnight. So you have to keep going. And for going for sponsorship, a lot of times what I will do is I will approach a company of a product I actually use, and I put that in there be like, this is a chance for you to support a female, and this can go towards your goals and mission statement at a company. <coughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I do think that companies are starting to pay attention, but there's a long way to go between that marketing money being split equally between men and women.
9: I'm thinking of Tom's Shoes. Oh. And they, you buy a pair and they, they <sighs> donate a pair. And wildly successful company. And so then I think of like the North Face, if they have equal sponsorships for men and women, then that might change the way people view that company ethically, and then be more inclined to buy from them. Yes. So kind of in the same genre.
11: And mountaineering is, uh, you know, I was listening to the different examples. Um, I, I do like to make parallels between, you know, aerospace engineering and mountaineering, both very male dominated. I went through aerospace very young, uh, through college. My first job, I was paired with a a gentleman getting ready to retire. He literally told me to my face, I don't think women belong here. I'll make sure you're out within a month. Um, I was like, wow. I luckily had an amazing mentor and feminist, my father, uh, who was in aerospace. I could just call him all the time, like from the bathroom, be like, what am I supposed to do with this? He's like, be professional. Here's how we handle it. Okay. So I had great guidance. And the next job I had was with a gentleman who, oh, my gosh, he was 45, which seemed so old at the time. <laughs> but he was going through a divorce, and so now I was being sexually harassed. How do I deal with this one? So very young in my career, I got over how to deal with men professionally very quickly and um, learned my voice to be strong. So by the time I really got into mountaineering, wasn't even an issue for me. But you show up day one on the bottom of a mountain or a new job in aerospace They're going to make it, they size me up. There's no way she's going to be able to do this. In aerospace, even though if I do a really good job, they can still kind of say, well, she had help or whatever it is. Mountaineering, there is no denying my summit. There's no denying that I carried just as much as you, 220-pound guy. There's no denying the fact that I was faster than you. And I have, at the end of a mountain, I have had so many men who thought they had me sized up be like, I want to apologize to you. Uh, You just kicked my rear. And I'm like, well, thank you, good sir. (laughs) But that's one thing I love. And the mountaineering industry is really, they're changing. There are so many feminist men and women in mountaineering. And all the logistic companies have these huge initiatives to try to attract more women. They want half females on their teams. And I'm loving what they're doing, like RMI, climbing the Seven Summits, Alpine Ascent's, they're really taking change and trying to get women into the field um, and to enjoy the outdoors. So it's really, I'm really happy to be a part of that community.
9: The the Mm -hmm. progress has been profound. Yeah. And it's still growing. I I also want to introduce a a little awkward conversation to this because um, I want to tell a story. When it was probably the late 90s and I was... Fully sponsored, super famous. You know, hosted my own television show, monthly columns in four different ski magazines around the world. Like I was at the top of my game, and one of my sponsors invited me to Arizona because they wanted to discuss my sponsorship. And I got there, and we went out to dinner. Picked me up at the airport, uh, checked in the hotel. We went out to dinner, and he was very, you know, the market. This is the marketing director, and um, dropped me off at my hotel. He had had a couple drinks and tried to force himself into my hotel room and was just grabbing at me. I'm like, what? Like, how is this even possible that this is happening, given where I am in my life right now? And I just, at the time, like when the Me Too campaign came out, I'm like, oh, geez, do I? I have like 50 stories, not like that, but just in my life, not necessarily professional career, but this was a sponsor of mine it's crazy to think about that and I just like god please and slammed the door on him and almost broke his arm but he kept calling me and I mean like it was upsetting at the time and just reflecting back on that now could something like that happen today without me calling the police probably not but I didn't back then this is the late 90s and so there's also progress made in there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you guys have had any weird experiences with sponsors, or, I mean, it's like the proverbial casting room couch. Like, it's hard to get sponsors in these fringe sports. There's a lot of different people that are submitting proposals. And uh, you know that stuff does happen. I don't know if it still does. I assume it does. But why get
11: more worried about the younger women who are facing things? Again, I'm at an age, and I I have my strength. I have my voice. If anyone even tried anything, I'd be, no, I would come at him like a spider monkey. Like it, (laughs) but for you. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. I almost broke his arm. But but think about what that does to any female, not just in sports, but degrades their confidence in their skill and who they are. It is, it is damaging.
9: That didn't happen to me though. So not necessarily. And actually, this is a good segue into the next question. Like, is our? I mean, we are obviously for very powerful, strong, confident women. Is this innate in us, or did we have to work really hard to get here? Because for me, that moment was like, oh hell no! Like it was such a, it didn't make it didn't make me cower. It made me be like, pff, right, like flicking away an ant, and but that felt innate for me. That's just who I am. But for other women, that may actually degrade their confidence so so how about you guys is your confidence and power and strength innate or have you had to work at it why don't we start with you for me
13: I mean I've always been like a super independent you know I I would say I'm pretty confident in myself like I don't feel the need to be in people's presence all the time like I don't feel the need to be you know looked at by other people like I'm not I'm not a big like I don't go to parties I don't go to all that stuff because I'm content with myself I'm happy with myself I'm happy with my life I'm you know I'm pretty confident in that and I'd say you know I luckily haven't had many experience or none, no experiences like that um so but I I would think you know after hearing experiences and seeing how that has affected people I would say that I would be confident enough to you know to be strong in myself and be able to say you know have my own voice like you were saying um So, yeah. So, Alice, do you want to weigh in? Sure. You know, I think
10: it's a little bit of both. I was the youngest of four in our family. I was Daddy's little girl. We spent so much time together, so I think he helped give me a lot of confidence. You know, I'm sure I I feel like I was born with, you know, some of that as well. Um, But my dad was my hero and taught me so many things and gave me so much confidence, so... Um, I think, and I never had any situations like you were speaking of, um, you know, I worked with a group of guys at the singletree golf course. It's now sign up. And in today's world, the stuff, the talk in there probably would have been <laughs> sexual harassment, but I was like, oh, you know, I just kind of was like, yeah, guys, that's really funny. And I just kind of, <laughs> you know, it was, I didn't feel, you know, that they were, doing anything that they shouldn't have been doing at that time. But it wouldn't fly in today's business mm-hmm. at all. Um, but I think that confidence is, you know, I, you build that over time and your experiences, life experiences, you know, whatever's thrown at you. So I think it's a little bit of both.
11: And the comments that I think about, I, I, my dad was a huge, my mom and my father, I attribute everything I am to having a really wonderful upbringing. And my dad gave me that strength to believe in myself. And I think that's, um, of course, any parent just being loved, thats I'm so grateful for that. But really, yeah, my dad helping me understand, like, you can be an engineer if you want to. You can climb that mountain if you want to. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, I definitely, I know that mine was having that, but also really, again, having to deal with a learning disability growing up that taught me to have that drive and keep going and never give up. And when Mm -hmm. everyone else told me I couldn't, I said I could. So I think by the time I got older, I was able to either, you know, avoid, dodge and weave. And then actually the Me Too movement, I think, was so empowering for all women that we don't have to just ignore it anymore. We could actually say, like, we could say something about it and really speak up. And I think that's, that's, really important. And, and, you know, I think we have that strength that's built, but not every woman, and you never know until you're in a situation. You'd yeah. think you would act a certain way, but I never want to judge, uh, and, and, and I'd like to know how I'd act, but you never know. I mean, I guess I know at this age, yeah, I could, I, same thing, like, see you later. <laughs> but when I was younger, and if it's your only, you know, your only sponsorship, and what if I lose this, and what do you do? And those just are just not situations someone should have to be in. End of story.
13: Well, I feel like now there's a lot of education, like for me, like we've gone through safe sport, like every single person associated with USA Cycling has to do safe sport. Like it is very, very, very big and you have to every year... Uh, go back and do the training again and so it's like it's been very like recognized I think at my age and there's been a lot more education on it so that's why I think it's kind of you know less and less and you know like like the instance you were saying when you know you things probably wouldn't have passed now what, what happened then is like and you know it's it's different now because we have training and we have rules and people have become aware of it and spoken up about things like that so I think like that's awesome which has been good that's good yeah really good
9: all right loving this conversation let's take a quick break mountain perspectives will come back and I have one more really really juicy question to ask these wonderful women (laughs) see you in a bit
6: At revival boutique med spa we take an integrative and holistic approach to skincare, focusing on the bigger picture when treating our clients we use only result-driven and science-based products that contain clean organic wild crafted and research-based ingredients from injectables facials to body contouring we offer anything related to looking your best self find us in the river walk in edwards for a complete list of services visit us online at revivalvale.com follow us on instagram at revivalvale valley Fall in love with your skin again. There's lots to love at Revival. Mind. Body. Beauty. Hi there. Are you ready to explore famous neighborhoods from New York City to Kentucky?
1: Watch The Neighborhood with host Nicole Newman. Featuring famous people, unique history, and delicious places to eat and drink. Our viewers get an inside personal look at each neighborhood. With each episode we learn grow, laugh, and live like a local, not just a visitor. Welcome to the neighborhood. Check your local program schedule and tune in. Good morning, Belle.
9: Welcome back to Mountain Perspectives, our panel of women in athletics. Um, We you know, I want to introduce, because I'm a a fear and anxiety expert. I wrote a book called The Art of Fear. And fear is my most fascinating, like I walk the earth, and I'm just so curious about people's relationship with fear. So I want to ask you guys about your relationship. And I want to bring into the uh, topic of conversation, the nature versus nurture, because I've kind of been hinting, hinting upon that this entire discussion. It's like, did we come out of the womb this way? And, and then, of course, we're influenced by people that are important in our lives, you know. And, and then, of course, it makes it easier if you're if you're positively influenced. And it's just maybe a little bit harder if we're negatively influenced by parents or society or all, men, even um, or the industry or sponsors. But are we innate risk, risk takers? Are we innately drawn? like moths to a flame, like towards fear, or towards things that are, um, and when I say fear, I don't mean scared or afraid. I mean like things that are going to be out of our comfort zone, like a willingness to feel fear, because it is a big deal to take up golf. It's crickets, quiet, everybody's watching, right? Endurance, mm-hmm. mountain biking, like just mountain biking alone, my gosh, it's super scary, dangerous. I, I'm not even going <laughs> to, I mean, we, uh-huh. Everest and all that. Um And then the big mountain extreme skiing, like for me, extreme means the consequences of failure were death or severe injury. So we are all risk takers here. And anyone that lives in a mountain town is innately going to be a risk taker. And that means, in my mind as a fear expert, that means they're innately willing to feel fear or invite more fear into their lives. So I want to know what your relationships are with fear. And maybe we can start with you. Uh, fear all day, every day.
11: Like I, <laughs> my mom actually told me, she thinks I was born without the fear gene. Um, but it, but it, it was. Yes, I think there's always a component of born a certain way. But I, I lived with fear every single day growing up. Being called an idiot, being called retarded, stupid. I grew up in a brilliant family. And my family treated me well, but everyone else told me, you'll, you'll never, you won't get a, a degree, you'll never do this, you'll never do this. So I think I lived fear every single day. Are they going to call me to read? Are they going to call me? And so I don't know any, I didn't know any different. And you just worked harder than everyone else. That's what my mom always told me, that's how I grew up. So then I would take on new challenges, and new challenges, and new challenges. And of course you feel like, oh gosh, how am I going to get through this? but you get through it and that becomes addictive. That, that rush of, I just made it through that. And then you start to seek out those challenges. And like every expedition I go into, I cannot wait to meet the woman that comes out the other end because it's not going to be me right here because I will have pushed. I will have gone through something. I will have struggled and I will change and I will morph and I'll be better. And so it, yes, I look for challenge, I look for struggle, I look for fear, and that started as being that little kid that was so afraid of not being good
9: enough, and that is who, who has created who I am today. So many childhoods are like that, yeah. too, yeah. you know, and that's why your website, because that's what worked for you, it's like, yeah. and, and I, just the, the amount of perseverance that you have to have in order to have dyslexia and become an aerospace engineer, never mind the rest, like, that's amazing.
11: It was. I was on the nice five-year
9: plan for college. Yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. You're willing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're willing to feel fear. I had
11: to repeat a couple classes.
9: (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. but you kept going.
11: Yes, you get back up. The failures. You get back up. You lick your little wounds, and you keep going. Yeah, and that's something I think that we definitely all share is that
9: ability to pick ourselves back up and try again. Like you have to have that. Uh, yeah. You like choose it. You have to choose it. The song by Pink. Oh, try, try.
6: Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Alice. Whoa, I, I don't
10: know if I could answer that question. <laughs> that <was> Megan's <laughs> response there. That was amazing. You know, that's it's a deep question. You know, I hadn't really thought about it that much and um certainly when I was competing yeah, I had a fear of not succeeding, so that was that was ongoing all the time. In my mo- most recent time, uh, I have a good story about fear. I'm well. I've always been afraid of heights, so, and I, I that was a gift from my mother, and uh, and I've tried ongoing to overcome that. But I was diagnosed with MS in 2006 April, and. When I got that diagnosis, I could barely walk around the block. And that's, that's the real story. So Jimmy Huga is a big uh, hero of mine because he lived his life. It's what I can do, it's not what I can't do. The only thing I had to give up was ice hockey, which is my most favorite sport ever, and I just couldn't play it anymore. But on the fear side, so I actually took a trip to the Swiss Alps in 2016. And I did some mountaineering. We navigated a very narrow uh, ridge. It was steep on both ends. I'm scared of heights. So yeah. <laughs> we're all tied together. You know, I've got skis on my backpack, crampons. And I'm like, wow, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm <laughs> up on this ridge, and everyone was supportive of me. But when I completed that, and I was turning 50, that was my 50th birthday gift to myself, to put myself outside my comfort zone. Yeah and by doing that was the first time in maybe my whole life that I actually put myself in that position, and I had MS, and it was a very demanding trip, succeeded, it changed my life. It changed my everyday life and perspective of everything I do, so I applaud, Megan, for you doing that and pushing yourself and keep doing what you're doing, Um, but that was a big game-changer for me, so just, and I know we're talking about different types of fear, but that was... I mean, now I'm not as afraid of heights, actually. And I just operate differently every day.
9: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the journey of understanding ourselves includes understanding our relationship <clears throat> with fear and navigating it throughout the entirety of our lives and how fear manifests for you is different from how it manifests for me and yeah. you know, for all of us. And the conversation about our <clears throat> relationship with fear, I think, is almost the most important conversation of all, because it really shows us who we are as people. And not that we can overcome fear, but our relationship with fear pretty much determines everything. If you're a fear avoider, you don't take risks and you don't take up these sports or certainly get to this higher level. Um, Bailey, what do you, what is your relationship with fear?
13: I mean, overcoming fear definitely takes practice. Um, I think, you know, Like, both these ladies have said, like, it's, you know, doing something that scares you is kind of what makes you realize, oh, like, I can do more things. And I can do things that I'm scared of doing or fear because I've done it before and I've gotten through it. And, like, no matter what happens, you get through it. And, you know, but it can be anything. Like, it can be trying a new feature on the course or fear of failing or... (laughs) It can be like, honestly, fear of letting people down, like everything, like all these different things. But I think letting go of that outside noise and just kind of overcoming it and, you know, doing what scares you and realizing that, wow, I'm capable of a lot more than I thought and keeping that confidence and carrying that forward with things that are going to be scary in the future, I think is important. So, yeah, yeah.
9: And it all starts with a willingness to feel fear in the first place. Mm -hmm.
4: It's very true.
9: Well, um, it's been amazing talking to you women. Um, And I want to thank the audience for staying with us uh, on this important, big... Gorgeous subject. Um, I want to thank all of you, Bailey, Alice, Megan, for joining me today. Thank you. So, so, yeah, thank you. So, please stay tuned to this channel for more um, mountain perspectives, lots of lots more conversations in the making to come. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Bye bye.
2: Lionshead Jewelers Fossil and Mineral Gallery. Located in the heart of Lionshead Village for over a decade, our 4,000 square foot gallery boasts a one of a kind experience that cannot be found anywhere else in Vail. We carry the most exquisite array of fine jewelry, high end minerals, and museum quality fossils. We invite you to come in and explore all the history and beauty that nature has to offer.
15: in exploring the everyday lives of community members here in the Vale Valley. Hear their inspiring stories of how they came here, their contributions to our community, and why they chose to call this place home. We want you to be one of our neighbors. If you would like to be featured or nominate someone to be featured, please send an email to danielle at tv8vale.com. We look forward to featuring your story right here on TV8.
4: Just wanted to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to my family in Florida, in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. I miss you guys and wish you were here. Love you. All right, Merry Christmas, Thomas and Annie. We can't wait to spend Christmas with you. Love you guys. Hi everyone. Happy holidays from Vale Health. Les deseamos una feliz Navidad y un próspero año nuevo.
1: Have a happy, healthy
3: holiday season. Do you love the outdoor lifestyle? Make sure you tune in every day at 8 p.m. to catch Scoreboard Nation. It's an outdoor lifestyle show dedicated to your three favorite mountain towns, Vale Beaver Creek, Park City, and Reno Tahoe. Join us for an incredible venture. Find us on TV8Vail, Park City Television, or at thescoredbornation.com. We can't wait to see you there.
0: of Good Morning Vale. I've been your host, Danielle Turner. And remember, we're still hiring here at TV8 for this winter season. So if you have any interest in being an on-air talent or perhaps helping behind the scenes, reach out to me at danielle at tv8vale.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow morning for another edition of Good Morning Vale.
1: Good morning, vale. So many things to see and do summer, winter, spring or fall. You're home in the Rockies